0: What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Just watched the Broncos blow another preseason game, but we're not going to dwell on that. I really don't get too concerned or wrapped up in preseason results. I always think it's hilarious that the Lions team that went 0-16 went undefeated in the preseason. And uh, one of the... The best Patriots teams of all time really struggled in the preseason, so it's it's always going to be a mixed bag. It's really not worth being emotionally invested. Denver's third stringers don't look particularly encouraging, but hey, if you're playing a game and you have a bunch of reserves out there in the regular season, you're probably going to be in a bad spot anyways. So I just don't understand why people get so overreactionary to it all. Anyways, that's enough preseason talk. We are going to continue our position preview series. We dove into the quarterbacks earlier this week. We're going to talk running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends on today's pod. If we have some time at the end, we're also going to talk about uh, why Michael Gallup, I think, is poised for a big breakout year with the Cowboys. We're going to talk about Romeo Doves and Green Bay as well. But we're two weeks out from week one, two weeks from the season opener against Washington State. It's all starting to feel real. Admittedly, this time of year is probably the most fun as a college football fan because this is when you have the most hope. All possibilities still exist. Right now, technically, anything's on the table. Your wildest fantasy, a historic-type season, maybe. You know, it could happen. The last couple of seasons, the hope has pretty much gone out the window by about halftime of week one. But it's a new dawn. It's a new squad. And honestly, I'm cautiously optimistic going into this year. I feel like this group ceiling can be pretty high. The depth is significantly better. The locker room is bought in. There's a lot to like on paper in terms of what the Rams returned and added via the portal. And, I mean, we've talked about this a lot on the pod. Nothing new here. It's a challenging schedule, though. I mean, neither CSU or CU got any favors in terms of their slate this season. Having a pair of P5 opponents in the non-conference slate, going to Middle Tennessee is not exactly a cakewalk. Obviously, they came into Fort Collins and punched the Rams in the mouth last year. Although, based on some of the stuff I've heard, that their atmosphere at home kind of sucks, and they're maybe a little friskier on the road than they are at home. We'll see on that one. But, I mean, Air Force, Wyoming, Boise, San Diego State, those are all teams that are projected to be pretty good. I'm fading San Diego State, but we'll see. I feel like UNLV, Utah State, and Hawaii are kind of the swing games on the slate. All road games, all winnable, all losable, though. If you go three and zero against those opponents, probably a a pretty good chance to end up in the postseason. Especially if you can also, you know, steal one against Middle Tennessee State and not blow any of the games at home. You know, Nevada and Utah Tech, and maybe beat some rivals. Finally, I recently went on the DNVR Sports podcast where we kind of talk about all the various teams. It's a different cast every week on there, but we were previewing the college football slate, and I had to give a bold prediction. One of my bold predictions was CSU goes two and one against local rivals this year. Didn't get too specific or anything, left it open-ended to give myself a little bit of wiggle room. But I think Ram fans would be stoked if they won two out of three against Wyoming Air Force and CU. If they swept them, oh my god. Build the statue at that point. We gotta get a Norvell statue, maybe even more than one after all the the Dion hype we've had to put up with. And by the way, it's good to be back podcasting for my people. I've had to do some combined stuff where I have to interact with the CU audience and God, they're just, they're a sensitive bunch, man. I feel like I've been pretty fair, but pushing back on the notion that Travis Hunter will be a Heisman finalist apparently makes me a hater. They didn't appreciate my skepticism that he could play at a high level playing both ways the entire game either. I guess we'll have to see. I just, I don't see it. It's hard to play at a high level if you play every rep just on offense or just on defense, doing it both ways and being on special teams. Man, I guess I'll believe it when I see it. That's all I'm saying. but I just want to shout out Ram fans for, in my opinion, being much more open to rational discourse, pointing out fair criticism. I don't know. I feel like I don't get you know insane pushback anytime I, I don't kiss the ground that CSU walks on or something anyways. Let's move on. Let's get into this position preview series, talk about these running backs who I think are very intriguing. But now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Factor, America's number one ready to eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and you'll stay on track reaching your goals. If you're too busy with summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well, Factor is a great way to do it. Skip that extra trip to the grocery store the chopping, the prepping, the cleanup too, and you're still gonna get all the flavor and nutritional quality you need, factors fresh, never frozen meals already in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and get back outside, soak up the sun and the warm weather. Treat yourself to 34 plus weekly restaurant quality options like bruschetta shrimp, risotto, green goddess chicken, grilled steakhouse filet mignon, all ready in just two minutes. They have calorie-conscious options if you're on a diet, including dietitian-approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. They've got protein-boost meals with 30 grams of protein or more in every serving. They've got keto options, vegan options, veggie options, you name it. With Factor, you can rest assured that you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery mission, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and they feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. This summer, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered straight to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. All right, shout-out to Factor Meal Kits and shout-out to DraftKings Sportsbook. Tonight, we've got UFC 292, a bantamweight battle for the belt, is going down. Sterling versus O'Malley should be an epic bout. I'm really excited to check this one out. Get your bets in on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of USC. New customers can bet just $5, get $150 in bonus bets instantly. Maybe you put a little bit of money on O'Malley to pull the upset, or you know, maybe you want to bet on one of the fighters to win by KO or TKO. There's all kinds of options. That's what's really fun about DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on UFC 292, get $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's this Saturday tonight only on DraftKings Sportsbook with that code DNVR. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York, call 8787 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY. In West Virginia, visit www1800 gamblernet in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown. Races, all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash MMA terms. Finally, when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault car accident, motorcycle, ride chair, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222 2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Cool, cool, cool. Let's start with these running backs, starting with Kobe Johnson, the grad student transfer from North Dakota State, 5'9", 190-pound running back out of Lawrenceville, Georgia. He was a four-year contributor for the Bison. I actually recently wrote an article and also put a video up on the DMBR Sports YouTube where I interviewed Kobe about his transition to CSU in Fort Collins. One of the things he talked about was it just felt really natural with this staff. He did have some reservations about playing in a vertical passing offense, but you know Norvell really made it clear to him they want to get downhill, they want to pound the rock still, and and really that's not something that Norvell is just saying. When you look at when CSE was successful last year, they were able to run the football even with the offensive line struggles, and going back to his time at Nevada, Oklahoma, as well, you can see when his offenses were really clicking, it wasn't all just passing offense. And I just feel like Johnson is the perfect addition to come into this team and, you know, kind of for a a lack of a less creative term, hit the ground running. As of right now, we still don't know what Avery Morrow's status is going to be. He's practicing with the team. He looks good when he's out there. We just don't know when or if he's going to be eligible at any point this year. From a football standpoint, I genuinely believe Avery is one of the best running backs in the Mountain West. I think he's top three or four. Boise State's got a really good duo. Uh, San Jose State's got a solid back. Hawaii as well, but and Air Force, obviously, naturally. But, I mean, Avery's right up there in that conversation. He he was awesome against Mountain West opponents this past year, really came to life. Having him and Kobe as a one-two punch, I think that would be massive. Morrow, bigger, more physical guy. You can really wear an opponent down, especially between the tackles, then you get Johnson the ball in space. That's a pretty tough situation for opposing defenses, especially with the talent that CSU has out wide. You're constantly worried about getting beaten over the top. You got to be more aware of what's happening in the middle now with Dallin Hoker and some of these other receivers. We'll talk about that when when we get into the receivers and tight ends. But just adding another veteran running back to the mix I think that was really important for CSU. He's a guy who comes in with plenty of experience under his belt, a four-year contributor, had plenty of starts, 16 starts, 48 career appearances. He's a guy who they they featured prominently in the playoffs this past season. He has 2,563 career yards, but also not like a ton of tread on his tires, 381 carries over the last four years. That's consistent production. That's a guy that they were certainly featuring. They had a stable of backs at NDSU that they used, but it's not like he comes to CSU totally beaten up a guy with 600 plus carries already. He's going to be kind of fresh. And from what I've seen from him in camp, as well as kind of going back and watching some of those old matchups with the Bison, he's electric. He's a home run hitter. He's got really good vision. He's patient, but man, once he hits that hole, good luck. May not be the biggest running back, but he's hard to see when he's behind the line and he plays bigger than his size. It reminds me a lot of Daylon Dawkins. If you don't you know, square up and make a good tackle on him, he will drop his shoulder on you and keep going. One of the quotes that he had in his interview with me, and this is paraphrasing, but you know, he may get stood up at the line of scrimmage for no gain or a gain of one, but he's going to try and drive forward and go for two or three every single time. That's his mentality. Just always fall forward. Don't get knocked back. And it's not just words either. When you see him out there, he's not shying away from any contact. He's not trying to dip towards the sideline. You know, he's, he's putting that shoulder down. He's trying to get as many yards as he can. I think he's going to be one of the most important additions for this team. All right, keeping it moving and operating under the assumption that Avery Morrow will not be suiting up for CSU in week one. I think the other most prominent back we'll see early on is uh, KJ Edwards. Five 5'10", 180-pound junior, comes to CSU from Victor Valley Community College. He had 681 yards, four touchdowns a year ago, averaged 4.8 yards per carry. That's coming off of a freshman season in which he rushed for 1,031 yards and 11 touchdowns. He had a 308-yard game against Glendale, 308 yards on 38 carries. That's a Capri Bibbs-type performance. Had a four-touchdown game as a freshman as well, so also very bibbs esque uh, Norvell and some of the other coaches have complimented him throughout camp for the juice that he brings. Did put the ball on the ground in the first scrimmage, so that's something we'll have to keep an eye on, ball security. But I think bringing a guy like Edwards in is pretty important, especially as you kind of develop some of these freshmen. You feel really good about the future for Damian Henderson the second and Justin Marshall, the freshman. Henderson, I think he'll probably get on the field pretty early. Could be as a kick returner. Him and Kobe Johnson have kind of worked together as that. Uh, Could be some carries. Listed at 6'1", 185 pounds. Solid frame for a freshman. Four-star recruit by ESPN. An ESPN top 300 player. And you see it when he's out there. I mean, he is a home run hitter. Insanely fast. Really quick, laterally. The kind of guy that... Even as a freshman, you can just see he's different. He's so athletic, you kind of have to find ways to get the ball in his hands. So again, whether it's on special teams, screen passes, whatever it may be, I think we're going to see Damian Henderson on the field because he's just different. He's that special athletically. All right, rounding out the running back group, and we're really just shouting him out out of principle, is a Van Shield, five 5'11", 215-pound walk-on. This is a player that just does all the right things. He works his ass off. He was a starting running back in the spring game when CSU was really screwed depth-wise. I believe he had four touchdowns. I, I should have gone back and verified that, but it was a huge day. And just coming off of that, I think it would be a really easy situation for Shield to be jaded, for him to maybe stop doing all the right things because they brought in so many other backs even after he had that breakout spring game instead. Shield just continued to be a great teammate. Kobe Johnson has acknowledged him for helping him come along, for helping him with the transition process. Just, you love to hear it. All right, let's move on. Let's do tight ends next. Six foot five, 235 pound BYU transfer, Dallin Holker, may just be the most important transfer addition on this entire roster. I say that. Somewhat hesitantly, only because of the offensive line situation. But this guy is a steal for the Rams. He is an all-conference caliber talent. He's going to completely open up the middle of the field for Clay Millen. He's going to be a security blanket for him on third and short situations in the red zone. I think Holker's addition is going to be felt in just about every single phase of the offense. He's a solid blocker. He's a great route runner and just has a, a feel for the... The defense around him, it's very Trey McBride-esque in the way that he just kind of sees how the the defense is playing him and doesn't try and do too much, but makes the most of every opportunity, and I love that. Really consistent hands, really smooth runner. He's tough to tackle after the catch, and I I just can't state enough how big of an addition Dallin Holker is going to be, so much so that I I legitimately voted for him preseason All-Mountain West. He comes to CSU after spending three years at BYU, 42 catches for 521 yards, three TDs in his BYU career, though it should be noted he missed 2019 and 2020 entirely while serving on his mission in Chile. He's already a team captain, which is unsurprising given he's literally a grown-ass man. He's married. His wife, Tay, also transferred from BYU. She's a star on the track and field team. And recruiting them as a package is ultimately why Dallin ended up at CSU. He had power five interest. Baylor, a couple of Pac-12 programs were were interested in him. But, you know, it's a family ordeal, family first, and I can respect that. And CSU took advantage of the, the amazing track program they have here. Anyways, just kind of a, a neat little aside there. But I, I really can't state enough how big of an addition Dallin is going to be. It got to a point last year where Clay just stopped looking at the middle of the field. He didn't even really consider Tanner Arkin to be an option. And that's not me trying to bash Tanner or anything like that. I'm glad that he found a landing spot, ended up at Illinois. You know, you're playing Big Ten football. Good for you. Fort Collins kid certainly still rooting for him. But Dallin is just a more natural fit in this offense. And you've been able to really see that since day one. He and Clay established great chemistry, great rapport together in the spring that's carried over into fall camp. You can see that he's a player that Millen is, is searching out, especially in the red zone. And I'm anticipating a pretty big year for Dallin Holker. I really do think he's going to be a, an all-Mountain West player when it's all said and done. Wouldn't surprise me if he had you know, 500-plus receiving yards plus touchdowns. I mean, the talent they have at receiver is going to take away some of what he could put up, but his ceiling is really high. He's going to be a four-down type player for the Rams, and I think he's going to be a huge threat to, to move the chains, to score touchdowns. Really excited to see what he brings to the table. I'm really excited about Vincent Brown as well, coming over from the college at DuPage. He's six foot seven, 235 pounds, really looks a lot like Cole Turner out there. And kind of much like what I said with Damian Henderson, I feel like just athletically, he's one of those guys, you've got to find a way to get him on the field. I don't know if he's going to be quite as dependable as Holker, but throw it up in the red zone and let him go get it. You're not going to out jump this guy. He's got really soft hands. I've seen him make a couple of really nice plays, but it would not surprise me at all if at some point, Vincent Brown caught a really important touchdown And a big win, because he's just an athletic mismatch for you. It reminds me a little bit, I said, of Cole Turner uh, given a CSU comparison. A little lankier, not quite as thick, but kind of reminds me a little bit of Corey Sperry back in the day. He's too big for DBs in the red zone. He's too fast for linebackers up the seam. Could end up being a sneaky, important addition for CSU when it's all said and done. Finally, we have Jordan Williams, six foot five, two 215-pound sophomore. Williams came on pretty strong at the end of last season, had a great game against Air Force and San Jose State. But now we just got to see if he can build on that and be more consistent, be dependable. That's going to be big for a lot of these sophomores that saw playing time as true freshmen. The truth is a lot of these guys played out of necessity, not because they really were ready for it or earned it, not trying to put them down or diminish their ability or their potential or anything like that, but Norvell's been pretty open about it. There were a lot of guys that played that he would have preferred not played, but they didn't have any other choice. And for a guy like Williams, who has plenty of talent, we saw it this past season, he's just going to have to kind of kick that door down because they're not going to be taking Dallin Holker off the field very much. That guy's a stud. All right, we're going to wrap up here with wide receivers, Then I'll give just a brief take on why I think Michael Gallup and Romeo Dubs are poised for breakout years. Got fantasy drafts coming up. That would be fun to talk about a former CSU Ram and a former star of this air raid offense under Jay Norvell. Both Mountain West guys too, which, you know, very on brand for me. But take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all either. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can shop the entire collection at their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall, full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNBR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars with over 250,000 people. I also want to talk to you guys about Saturday Neon. It's a company started by two friends, former college roommates, and they make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. Saturday Neon is Denver-based, and whether you're a diehard fan or a casual supporter, you're going to love the way these bad boys pop. Saturday Neon signs are made with high-quality materials. They're backed by a two-year warranty. They're shipped with everything you need to mount, power, and dim, so every sign is easy to install and operate. And they're also officially licensed for 19 select schools, including CSU, Alabama, Wisconsin, Auburn, so many others. They're great for offices, man caves, dorms, bars. We've got multiple of them up at the DNVR bar. Go to SaturdayNeon.com. Use the code DNVR for 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over $200. Finally, it's been a while since we did one of these, but I got to give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week. And we've got week zero coming up. There's a couple of intriguing Mountain West matchups. I am going with the Ohio Bobcats to upset San Diego State on the road. You can get Ohio Moneyline plus 130. That's my DraftKings pick of the week. Lock it in. Cool. 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 Let's keep it moving. Let's preview this wide receiver group who I am really excited about starting with the man, the myth, the legend, Torrey Horton. He is on the Blitnikoff award watch list, the Paul Hornung award watch list, the Maxwell award watch list. He is a preseason all mountain West selection. He was my vote for the preseason offensive player of the year. And I believe genuinely that he is the best NFL prospect in the Mountain West Conference. Coming off of a stellar junior year in which he had 71 catches for 1,131 yards, eight touchdowns, also had one punt return for a touchdown. That was all while the defense was completely locked in on him. He was essentially CSU's only offensive weapon a year ago. And funny enough, despite the fact that there are going to be so many more guys contributing in 2023, I actually think Horton is in line to have an even bigger year this season because they're not going to be able to just shadow him over the top every single snap. As far as wide receivers go, I've been fortunate to see quite a few talented folks come through the program. Rashard Higgins, Michael Gallup, BC Johnson, Preston Williams, Joe Hansley, and Horton is just as talented as any of those guys. I mean, I feel like he looks like Richard Higgins sometimes when he's running in the open field. I feel like he looks like Michael Gallup at times with the way he high points balls. He's so fast. And what I think is really encouraging is, although it's a limited sample size in fall camp, we're starting to see that timing. Some of the more intermediate passes starting to click with Millen and Horton. It's not just all down the field. And if they can just protect Clay Millen fairly consistently, it's going to open up an entire world of possibilities for this offense. Torrey is so damn good. It it really is just not fair. All right, keeping it rolling with the receivers, we have Justice Ross Simmons, 6'3", 205-pound sophomore, really broke out this past season, was the most consistent of the freshmen that played, 26 catches, 424 yards, and three touchdowns a year ago, had a 76-yard touchdown at Boise State, had his first touchdown at Washington State, and uh, had a career-best 84 yards in the game against San Jose State. I still feel like that was one that really got away from the Rams. I mean, honestly, they were in all those conference games outside of Boise in a different world if their quarterback stayed healthy. It wouldn't have been that crazy to think they could have gone 7-1 and one in league play even after going 0-4 in non-con CSU outplayed Wyoming in that loss. They should have beat Utah State at home. Anyways, we could play woulda, coulda, shoulda until we were all blue in the face. But one of the encouraging things about this past season was the development of Justice Ross Simmons basically got thrown in the fire week three against Washington State when some of those other guys decided to leave. I thought what was really encouraging was he ended the season with three or more catches in each of the final four games actually achieved that in five of the final six. The one that he didn't was Boise State, but he had a 76-yard touchdown against that game. I just felt like we saw him get more confident, more comfortable as the season went on. His chemistry with Clay Millen certainly improved, and you could see that Millen started to trust him more and more as the season went on, kind of ending with that big game against New Mexico, four catches for 60 yards and a TD. But the sky's the limit for him in terms of raw talent and athleticism. He's all muscle. He makes some of these circus catches that are, that are just kind of gallop esque when you see the way he's able to contort his body and bring it down with one hand. He had some monster highlights throughout the spring. He's looked really good this month as well. And I think he's in for a, a big season, depending on how things go. I think he'll be firmly in the mix for all-conference recognition. Maybe not first-team. But I mean, if Clay Millen just gets unleashed, you never know. It wouldn't be shocking to see CSU have multiple receivers end up on the all-conference team. Finally, at the slot receiver, I think it'll be a couple of guys, Lewis Brown and Dylan Goffney, we'll see getting consistent playing time. The staff really likes Lewis Brown and Makai Fox. It's all just going to come down to consistency with those two. And Dylan Goffney is just a veteran that comes in, comes over from SMU who has some air raid principles. Schematically, it's very similar, but I just like that he gives the offense another option up the middle. I think you'll see a lot of, you know, crossing routes and quick screens, that type of stuff, just trying to get the ball in their hands, make something happen. And frankly, I think they're really gonna benefit from the fact that opposing defenses are gonna have to pay so much attention to Tory and Justice and Dallin. And if Kobe Johnson is the type of back that I think he can be. They can't put their best guys on everyone. So for some people, that's going to result in some favorable matchups. I think the guys in the middle especially are really going to reap the rewards of that. As far as some of the other receivers that will play, because there will be, you know, five plus receivers in the mix if this offense is functioning to its full capability. I'll throw out uh, Silas Evans and Jamari Person, a couple of true freshmen. Both of those guys are really athletic, and I think they have the potential to play pretty early on for the Rams. We already brought him up, but Makai Fox obviously was a really highly touted recruit. He's another receiver you'd really like to see take that next step this year and kind of establish himself as a consistent playmaker in this offense. I mean, there's no shortage of raw talent or athleticism in that receiver room. It's going to be about who's willing to do the right things in practice, who's willing to work their butt off. It's not like last year. You're not just going to be on the field out of necessity if you're not doing the right things, if you're not working hard, if you're not driven. They're going to put you on the bench. And that's a good thing. That's how you avoid complacency. That's how you continue to strive for greatness. You can't get content just with the fact that you're a pretty good ball player. And the thing that I love about that receiver room is when you have a player like Torrey Horton leading the group who has all the talent in the world but always is going to be the first person in and the last person out, There's really no excuses. He sets that standard. And I'm just really excited to see what this group can be in 2023, because the talent is there. Can the Rams take advantage of it? We shall see. All right, just briefly, before we get out of here, I just wanted to touch on this. I don't really think it's enough for a full segment, but I think Michael Gallup is poised for a big year in Dallas. He came back from that ACL injury last year and was honestly pretty pleasantly productive I like the way he closed the end of last year. He had four plus targets and nine of the final 10 regular season games had a great game in the playoff win over the LA Rams, six targets, five receptions for 45 yards and a tutty this year. I think the Cowboys are going to have to rely on that passing offense. You don't have Zeke Elliott, anymore. Tony Pollard is coming back from injury. Amari Cooper's no longer in town. It's, it's really going to be on CD and, and MG. And it just feels to me like we're in a position where Gallup is going to be poised for that breakout year. Maybe that's just my CSU blinders on. But when you just look at the position of that roster, the way they're going to have to move the football to be successful, the fact that Dak has proven to consistently target Mike and that he trusts him, it feels like a good spot for him. And there's going to be no shortage of chances for CSU fans to watch him, which is cool. They open up the year week one Sunday night football against the Giants. Week two at home against the Jets. That'll probably be America's game of the week on Fox. And then after that, there's five more night games this season. Surely more games on Fox. I feel like I get to watch every single NFC East division matchup that there is. Fortunately, the Eagles are at least likable. And I get to watch Gallup with the Cowboys would be pretty much unbearable. Uh, The other guy, though, that I want to just shout out, keep an eye on fantasy owners, Packers wide receiver Romeo Dubs, former Nevada star, had a pretty solid rookie season, flashed his talent, but it really seems like he's coming into his own with Jordan Love, former Utah State quarterback. So they got the Mountain West connection going out there in Lambeau. Had a really nice 42-yard reception against the Pats down the sideline the other night. Had a touchdown in the first preseason game for the the Packers, and I, I really think he is going to be their number one option offensively And while he may not be a CSU alum, I do think Ram fans should be voting for guys like him and Cole Turner to succeed in the NFL because it's a great selling point for this offense. CSU coaches can go out on the recruiting trail and have guys that they can point to tangibly. Hey, you come here, we'll develop you. You'll go on and produce in the league. So that's my two-minute pitch on why Michael Gallup, Romeo Dubs, could be solid fantasy options for you this fall. I'm looking forward to fantasy football. Don't know about you guys. But uh, that's all I've got for this one. We will get into the trenches on the next episode. Thank you to everyone for continuing to support my content. Much love y'all. Peace. I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them the number one in. But what'd you say if I told you a nobody then the rockin' for a sold-out crowd? Damn, that shit is crazy. Probably never make it. Were well, you listening to that right now? I said we We on now.